make sure we're out of here in time because there's another event coming at 12. So, in order to give me enough time to really at least get in the word powerfully, I need you, when I say dismissed, unless you're helping with AV, all head out into the foyer, okay? Make sure you pick up your trash, take your belongings, because we need to be out of this room quicker. That will give our AV time enough time to break down so that we can be out by 12. Amen? So I'd like to ask Cassandra Mojica to come up real quickly. Where's Cassandra? There she is. Yeah. Cassandra has an incredible opportunity. This is her last Sunday with us for a while, and she is going to be interning in Brazil for three months. So come on over here. And so uh, we don't want to send her off without God's blessing. So let's go to God in prayer, and then we'll come to the message. Lord God, we do thank you so much just for all the incredible good news and the stories of how you've worked in people's life today. And God, we're so thankful for our youth that have such a heart to serve all over the world. We pray especially for Cassandra as she leaves for three months in Brazil that, one, you'll keep her safe, but two, that you'll allow her to be a great light and use her powerfully to impact all the the brothers and sisters there in Brazil. We look forward to return and to hear how you've worked through her powerfully. God, we thank you for today. I pray that, though brief, we can speak your word powerfully now as we learn to continue to mature in our faith, and to follow the habits of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you. All right. Okay, so here we go. I got about 15 minutes. We're going to do this quickly. So far, we've seen two important habits. The habit of using scripture and the habit of prayer. The next habit that I want to examine this morning may very well determine the success of every habit that we've looked at. Because this habit really answers the why more than the what. To introduce it, here's a little clip from a movie Matrix Reloaded. Now here I stand because of you, Mr. Anderson. Because of you, I'm no longer an agent of this system. Because of you, I've changed. I'm unplugged. A new man so to speak, like you, apparently free. Congratulations. Thank you. But, as you well know, appearances can be deceiving, which brings me back to the reason why we're here. We're not here because we're free. We're here because we're not free. There's no escaping reason, no denying purpose, because as we both know, without purpose, we would not exist. It is purpose that created us. Purpose that connects us. Purpose that pulls us. That guides us. That drives us. It is purpose that defines us. Purpose that binds us. Purpose. I love that clip. (laughs) Even though his purpose may have been a different motive. Purpose is very powerful. Good or bad. Without it, we don't really exist. And as you examine the habits of Jesus, one thing you're going to know is that Jesus' entire life, both in what he said and what he did, was driven by, was guided by, and was directed by a singular, even though there were many facets, powerful purpose. I want to leave you with three questions here as we continue to study out this habit of Jesus. What defines you? What guides you? And what motivates you? 
Jesus had an incredible blessing and that he was able to wake up every morning and with certainty and clarity knew why he was going to do or not do what he did. How about you? Do you wake up sometimes going, what is my purpose? What am I doing today? Am I doing something that pleases God? Our, our lives can be filled with so many purposes, but the question we've got to ask, does your purpose go beyond death? Does your purpose take you into eternity? But as we think about purpose, maybe we need to take these two scriptures in mind. Psalm 33, 10, verse 11. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. And Proverbs 9, 21. Many are the plans in a person's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Is the purpose of your life limited only to this life? Because we can have a lot of purposes. I know before I became a disciple, probably the most driving purpose at that time was to be an athlete, to be an Olympian, to get a full-ride scholarship, to get trained, to get closer to those goals. But you know the thing with purposes that don't go beyond this lifetime is things can get in the way. How many times I had setbacks, injuries, one year where I had to redshirt the entire year. And even when I achieved some amazing goals and came even close to qualifying for the Olympic trials, set the school record, where would that go once I died? There was still this empty hole inside. There was still a lack of eternal purpose in my life. I think we have got to emulate the habit of purpose that we see in Jesus. So I'm going to go through some scriptures here quickly. I'm not going to say a whole lot of points about them because I think they're very self-explanatory. But listen to the purpose that was behind everything Jesus said and ultimately in what he did. The purposes of Jesus, the first one, very clear. To save sinners. Luke 19.10 For the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. Matthew 9.13 But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And John 6, 38, 40. For I have come down from heaven. That's clearly defining purpose. Not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me. That I shall lose none of all those he has given me but to raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. I, I think it is clear, not only in these three, but in many other scriptures, that one of Jesus' main purposes was to save sinners. If we're going to claim to be followers of Him, then that needs to be our purpose. That needs to define and guide our lives. But how easy it is to not be that way. There was a time that whenever you went to the store, you went to the store to buy products, but your purpose was to be a light. There was a time when you would go to your classroom to study, but your purpose was to reach out to your fellow students. There was a time that you would go to work, 
and you earn a living to support your family, but your purpose was to be a light. Where is that today? Because your purpose will be defined by the results of where your focus is at. Is our purpose going to be ended in this life? Or are we going to have a purpose that extends even beyond it? Amen? It's one of the few purposes that can impact eternity. The second one, to fulfill the Scriptures. Matthew 5, verse 17 through 18. Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. No matter how much religion would like to take out some scriptures to accept things that God doesn't accept, it won't happen. The only other eternal thing than saving sinners, people, is the Word of God. But you've got to ask yourself, is your purpose directed by scriptures or by your opinion or by your emotion or by your pain or by your fears or by your doubts? Jesus' purpose was directed by Scripture. He would not do or He would do only according to what the Word directed Him to do. How are we with that? But you need to know them if you're going to fulfill them. And if you don't know them, do not leave today without asking someone to share the Scriptures with you. The next one, to serve. Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus was the premier example of a servant. It motivated everything He did. Why are you here now? To serve or be served? Only you can answer that question, although we can look from afar. Did you come in this morning and just expect to be encouraged and given to, but did not go encourage anyone else? Did you come in and go, well, why is everything taking so long? Did you offer a hand to help get it up? Are you here to be served or to serve? We have such amazing servants in this church that I could literally go on for hours talking about, and they do it without any thanks often. But the question isn't about them, it's about you. Why are you here? Jesus' purpose was to serve. Make sure you find a way to serve if you are not already. I love this one. This is a great purpose. To bring life. John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You know what's so powerful about this purpose? Is He didn't just come to bring eternal life. He came to bring you an abundant life while you're still here. But it'll only happen if it's guided by Him. If you go after a purpose in this life out of your own, or your sinful nature, or what Satan provides, or what the world tries to, to just influence you with, that life will not end up being abundant. But if we turn to Jesus now because we're hoping for the eternity, 
we can bring some of that eternity into our present reality. And it can change our lives and the lives of those around us. If you don't have that life, as I'm saying it and you go, I don't have that life, the problem isn't Jesus. The problem is, what are you allowing to steal it, to kill it, and to destroy it? You need to figure that out. And this is an encouraging purpose. 1 John 3, 8. Told you I'm going fast. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared, that's purpose, was to destroy the devil's work. You know what Satan's purpose was? To make death eternal. That there would be no way for us to ever go beyond it. But Jesus came through his death and subsequent resurrection. Destroyed the work of the devil. Many of us have given Satan footholds in our lives. But he should not be there. He does not have authority in your heart if you've given it to Jesus. The only reason he gets a foothold is because you give it to him. Jesus can destroy the work of the devil, not only in this world, but in your life. But you've got to turn to him, amen? And the last purpose that we see, John 13, 37, to testify to the truth. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born, talk about purpose, and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Jesus is the truth. He showed us that truth, real truth, will always lead us to God. Who are you listening to? Because if you're not listening to Jesus, you don't really have the truth. Only those who listen to Him are on the side of truth. As we heard so powerfully from, from Shane and from Marga, don't we see that? They had what they thought was the truth, but it wasn't. Not until they listened to Jesus, till that figure on the cross became real for them. Then truth set them free. Who are you revealing the truth to? I think it's pretty clear in this very quick time that Jesus exemplified the habit of purpose. I want you to examine these as I relist them very quickly and find the one you need to work at most to become more like our Lord and Savior. He came. His purpose was to save sinners, to fulfill the Scriptures, to serve, to bring life, to destroy the devil's work, and to testify to the truth. But as we choose, I, I do need to briefly examine the enemies of purpose. These are going to be pretty self-explanatory. Number one, comfort. This would take me out of my comfort zone. Yes, it will. But it's a purpose worth doing it for. Apathy. I'm satisfied with the way things are. That will kill your purpose. How about this one? Laziness. I'm too tired to take on one more thing. But are the things you are putting your time into going beyond death? Shouldn't we be focusing the majority of our time in things that go into eternity? And last, ignorance. I don't know why I'm here or what God wants me to do. 
Well, if you're in that position, I have an answer for you. It's called the Bible. It's called Jesus. And if you'll open it up, you will know exactly who you are, why you're here, and what you're meant to do. Here's another video about purpose from the movie Hugo. Increase the volume, please. What do you mean? Everything has a purpose. Even machines. Clocks tell the time. Trains take you places. They do what they're meant to do. Like Monsieur Le Beast. Maybe that's why broken machines make me so sad. They can't do what they're meant to do. Maybe it's the same with people. If you lose your purpose, it's like you're broken. Like Papa George. Maybe we can fix him. Is that your purpose? Fixing things? I don't know. It's what my father did. I wonder what my purpose is. I don't know. Maybe if I had known my parents, I would know. Come with me. Right after my father died, I'd come up here a lot. I'd imagine the whole world was one big machine. Machines never come with any extra parts, you know. They always come with the exact amount they need. So I figured if the entire world was one big machine, I couldn't be an extra part. I had to be here for some reason. And that means you have to be here for some reason too. You're here for a reason. But I think the girl may have the insight we miss so often in our lives. That maybe if I knew my parents... I would know my purpose. If we don't know our Father, and we don't know our Lord and Savior Jesus, we can never truly know our purpose. I leave you with this. Ten quick things of how to make purpose a habit in your life. And I'll close with a quote before we're dismissed. Number one, you've got to realize that God has a specific plan for your life. And if you can't figure that out on your own, I believe you have many around you right here who would love to help you. Two, you've got to discover that God's purpose for your life is a process. It's not a purpose that is one time and over. It's a process. And that purpose may even transform as you continue to walk with God. Three, ask God to show your purpose, His purpose in your life. Without prayer, will not really know what his purpose for us is. But he will answer. Four, live your life to please God and to serve him. Evaluate your purposes in your life 
and ask, are they pleasing God or pleasing yourself? Prioritize what is important to God. And if you look at God the way he prioritizes, it's not by the important or the urgent. It's by relationship. Him first, your spouse second, your children third, the church fourth, and then everything else. We've got to prioritize the way God does. Six, your purpose can best be demonstrated in your daily routine, not in some big event. What you do one day only shows you what you can do. What you do every day shows you who you are. That's my quote. <laughs> Amen. Seven, make sure you spend time on the eternally significant, which we know is only two things from Jesus' purpose. People that are redeemed, and the Word of God. How much time are we focusing on the lost, on our brothers and sisters, and in the Word of God compared to everything else? How many hours on a video game that may get you a high score, but doesn't get you to heaven? How many hours at work where you may get a bigger paycheck, but it won't buy your salvation? What are we investing in? Eight, get up every day knowing that what you say and do matter for God. Nine, understand that there is more to life than what you can see, hear, taste, or smell. There is a spiritual dimension. And ten, live to leave a legacy, something life-altering that you leave behind even when you're gone. I end with this, a quote from an article called A Chance to Change the World. You know that this month, the new iPhones and other technology comes out. But before Apple ever became the success it was, there was something that changed in the environment with Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is a whiz at making computers. But there was a time when he needed some help in marketing his incredible little magic boxes. He was in need of an expert who could help him take his Apple computers into the ring against IBM. John Scully became the target of Steve Jobs' attention. Scully, at age 38, had been Pepsi-Cola's youngest president. He had masterminded the Pepsi Generation ad campaign that dethroned Coke from the number one position for the first time in history. Steve Jobs knew it would take a lot to get Scully. He whined and he dined him and he made numerous offers with money he didn't even have, all to no avail. Scully was content with his present and secure success. Finally, in desperation, Steve Jobs threw out a question of exasperation. Do you want to spend the rest of your life selling sugared water? Or do you want a chance to change the world? It was that single piercing question which leveraged the greatest weight in John Scully's decision to leave his security at Pepsi and go to Apple for an opportunity to change the world. Christians, more than computers, have the real opportunity to change the world. Let's not miss our purpose by remaining content to simply sell sugared water. Amen. We're dismissed. <laughs>